I'm Peter Budlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge. And if this is your first time hearing our now award-winning show, it's a really simple idea. We've all had teachers in our lives who help shape who we are. And every educator we have on this podcast, whether a teacher, a coach, a professor, is nominated by the people who listen. We want you to be a part of this show with us, so please do tell us about the educators who've inspired you and the folks in your community who deserve a spotlight. You can email us with your nominations and your story ideas at teacherslounge at niu.edu. And this week, we are chatting with Kristen Delizio. She's an elementary STEAM teacher at the Hinkley Big Rock School District. STEAM, of course, is STEM plus the arts. And over the first few years of her program, her kids have gotten the opportunity to build robots and rockets and all sorts of cool stuff. And Kristen also has a passion for outdoor education and loves to help students engage with their learning through nature. She even has her own outdoor program called Education Revival. I did a thing once with the biography of Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, like yeah. the ultimate pioneer woman. And we had a we went on a search on my farm for items after reading a book, you know, what would represent different stages in her life. So she's from Walnut Grove, Minnesota, or she lived in there at some point. So we found like a walnut shell. And then there's big snowstorms when she's in North Dakota. So we grabbed some like cotton balls and that represented that. And then we made a timeline out of natural objects, you know, to represent her life. So their kids are really able to connect with learning and the depth of learning is there when they're the ones figuring out. We start off actually talking about her recent awesome opportunity to be part of the Teacher Innovator Institute in Washington, D.C. And you know what? Without any further ado, let's just jump right into that conversation. It's STEAM teacher Kristen Delizio right here on Teacher's Lounge. So I heard that you just were a couple weeks ago, got to do a really exciting trip to Washington, D.C., though. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So that was incredible. Uh, Life-changing, career-changing. It was through the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. Uh, but they picked 30 teachers um, from across the nation um, to head to D.C. for two weeks for basically combine some informal STEAM learning, you know, academics in the classroom, just make learning more authentic for kids, more engaging, reach more learners, and it was mind-blowing. I met teachers from Guam, teach on an Air Force or military base in Guam, teachers from Alaska, a Crow Reservation in Montana, and we basically got behind the scenes at the Air and Space Museum, the Udvar-Hazy Center, where the Challenger Space Shuttle is. No way. Um, the Enola Gay, the Wright Brothers actual plane is at the Air and Space Museum. So, I mean, it doesn't get much more authentic than being there. Whoa. What are some other moments that stand out to you? It's like, this is really mind-blowing. I can't believe. The first day, right off the bat, we have a formal breakfast under the space shuttle Discovery. (laughs) No, it was um, awestruck, you know? I mean, you see there's tiles that have been taken off, you know, from the atmosphere, going through the atmosphere, and just... I don't know, you know, space. I'm old enough to remember the space shuttle missions, and so it was just, it was just amazing. So that moment, like, they just hit it out of the park. You know, like you're in it right from that moment on. And you were there for two weeks. Two full weeks. Yep. We stay in a dorm, um, not too far. So again, we're with these educators like 24/7, just really getting to know each other, and it, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. 
when you leave such like a like you said like a life-changing like two weeks in that incredible atmosphere like what are you trying to like take out of that already can you already see how things have changed and how you're pulling things from that experience oh yeah Yeah. a thousand percent so i'm only going into my second year as a steam teacher at hinkley big rock and i yeah changing the whole thing up you know my mindset is still the same. You know, it's definitely student-led. It's definitely hands-on. But the resources I have now are incredible. And just to be able to take these students' knowledge to another level, to really get them to be critical thinkers and problem solvers so they are just prepared for the future, whatever direction they want to go. I want to dig in more into that in a second. But like you said, that only 30 teachers from across the country are chosen for this, are able to do this. Like, how did this, how did it happen for you? How did you find out? Right. Great question. So, um, again, being new to the position, you belong to a lot of Facebook groups, you know, about (laughs) STEAM teaching and stuff. Yeah. So the algorithm puts you, you know, in direction, you know, in connection with this stuff. And I saw like an ad for it or something. And so I looked into it and the application is pretty in-depth. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just focus on my first year of teaching, get this program under my belt. Yeah. Then maybe try and go, you know, to this next level stuff. I happened to reach out for something not related to a former instructor of mine here at NIU. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. About a tutoring initiative, Amanda Baum. And oh, yeah. Yep. I've interviewed Amanda before <laughs> for go. that tutoring initiative. So yeah. actually, she was the first teacher from Illinois to go to this oh. space. Yep. I feel she like I should have talked to her about that instead. That sounds Institute. fascinating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so she's like, wait a minute. You're a STEAM teacher. This program's unbelievable. Let's talk about it. So we met up, talked about it, and she was a great guiding you know, force for me to get me through this application process. And my community at Hinkley Big Rock, the students, the families, I put together this really funny video because it's like a video about our teaching style. And, uh, like in the application pitch yeah, for yourself? Yeah, as part of it. Yeah, yep. Did you and rope some students into the, into the absolutely. video? Absolutely. I mean, the more to, you right? can you include. you got to sell it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so somehow I've got a reputation of loving corn. And so Is I mean, it the, <laughs> and that's really the rural northern Illinois right? stereotype. Yeah. Listen. We didn't all grow up behind a cornfield, although I did, so I guess that's fine. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's hilarious. So instead of being um, that show, The Masked Singer, I was the masked teacher, and I was dressed Uh as corn, and I had a student be like the MC, and all the other students had to guess who I was according to like my teaching style. It was hilarious. And then, of course, at the end, we sang the corn song. You have and to sing the corn song. I like to say that's what did it. You know, I, a couple, about a month later or so, I got the email that I was chosen, and I couldn't believe it. Wow. Couldn't well, believe it. Big thank you to the viral corn kid yes, for helping right? us get yeah. here. There you go. That's amazing. There you go. He has we no have, idea what he's touched. Yeah, it says no <laughs> his idea. Reach, yeah. His impact. Yes. <laughs> you know, we always have a photo of the teacher on like the posting after the episode goes up. I don't know if it's possible, but I feel like we should maybe include at least, maybe not the main photo, but at least one of them where you're dressed as the corn. Like, I got you. The videos, they exist still. Like we, we, I have to see this still. <laughs> no problem. I'm proud of it. <laughs> so you're only going into your, your second year with the STEAM program at Hinkley Big Rock then? Yes. So I became a teacher later in life um, and actually went back to NIU for the teacher education program. Um, and just love that. I always wanted to be a teacher, but you know, life kind of throws you curves ball, curveballs. Yeah. And um, I moved to, you know, near the area, I moved to Waterman, and my husband said, Hey, you want to be a teacher? Let's do this. And so we were able to make it work. And 
incredible program, incredible professors, instructors. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I got my dream job, not, you know, being teaching STEAM close to home. I mean, it's just incredible. So I couldn't you, be happier. You went back later in life. My mom did the same thing. She became a teacher when she was 40. And I'm always interested in people that shift, that take a, was it a hard pivot career-wise for you? Or was it something that, or did it kind of feel more like it was, you know, you were following the same train of thought into that? Yeah. So I used to, I worked in operations. I managed gyms. Um, so I was always in like the recreation field. Oh, I was always teaching in some sort. Yeah. That was always my passion. The shift really wasn't difficult for me because I feel like if you're just following your passion or your lifelong goal, you're just always moving forward and always going for it. And so, you know, I was 20 years older than the, my classmates and you would never know. I mean, we all just vibed together and supported each other and many are in contact today. You know, I'm three, four years out of school and yeah. it was just, it's just great. So it was it was an easy shift for me. You said teaching was something that you were always interested in. Absolutely, then? absolutely. Yep. Ever just, since you were a kid, anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up differently. You know, I went to a pretty strict Catholic school in Chicago, um, but I still with nuns. You know, and but I just I just love teaching. And even when I couldn't be a full blown teacher, I was a teacher assistant um, in my twenties at Stevenson High School, very well known. Uh, High school, I was a coach. Uh, I coached freshman girls basketball. So it was always around education, you know, and then I finally was able to jump on getting an actual teaching license, and I'm just loving it. I'm loving it. I'm going all in. That's amazing. You know, we always ask, obviously, like one of the, the core conceits of the show is that everyone has had a teacher at some point in their life that inspired them or, you know, helped them get to where they are now, helped them become the people they are today. Are there when you think back about you know your education experience you know at any point are there people that stick out to you that you know made you want to be a teacher or helped you you know feel like get to the point where you're at? That's a great question. I actually think about that question a lot because yeah. people are always like, oh yeah, my fourth grade teacher or my second grade teacher. Yeah. Honestly, there isn't one particular that stands out. I guess even as a younger person, I've always looked at the big picture, and so I hmm. take. I think I've taken something from everyone, good or bad, you know, and that's kind of molded my path of the type of educator that I want to be. So to me, it's all about the experiences that have brought me here. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. And the, except for, I feel like I should make the caveat that both my mom and stepmom are teachers. So I feel <laughs> like I have to, obviously they are the, the right. first and foremost, <laughs> but like, yeah, some people have really great stories about like their second grade teacher. And I do not have as you know compelling of a thing to talk right? about when it comes up, which is ironic considering the host, the show that I've been hosting for the last four years, but <laughs> yeah, really. so you are at Hinkley Big Rock and you Teach STEAM, which obviously for people that don't know what STEAM is, STEM plus arts. Correct. And Correct. are you for the whole district? Or are you just elementary school? or? So I'm just in the elementary school. Yeah. Um, it was brand new to the school when I was hired. That's um, exciting, though. You get to be the one that shapes it from right, the beginning. Right, and that was exactly it. And that's why I say it was my dream job, because I got to basically run with it. And there's, it's such a supportive district i love you know growing i grew up in the city of chicago so very urban and coming to a rural area i didn't know what to expect what to think and that close knit you know like not many schools see their superintendent walking around yeah. weekly you know and or able to just 
reach out and get a, a response immediately. Uh, it's just so special, especially the more I talk to other educators from across the country. It is just such a great spot. And so they just put their trust in me and said, Kristen, make it, you know, what you want. They could tell I kind of thought out of the box and they wanted that. And the kids have responded well, the families, the community. So we're the only actual program in the elementary school. Yeah. There is, uh, they call it an exploratory at the middle school. Sure. Um, so they just have it kind of for a, a quarter. And then at the high school, it's more computer science. It's when we're recording this, literally the last day of August. So you've got to be in, you know, the first, when, how, how deep are we into the school year at this point? Just a couple days? Um, we are like two weeks, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. How are I'm curious. How do things go? Like when you're in an elementary STEAM program, like how do we start off the school year? What are the introductory things that we're doing to really, you know, get our hooks in people to be excited about this? Sure. So STEAM, even though that you know what it said, science, technology, engineering, art, math is very concrete. The purpose of bringing them all together and like a holistic approach mm -hmm. to education is that students are actually learning the soft skills. So they're learning, like we said, the problem solving, the critical thinking, collaboration, how to work together. So that's how I start the school year off, where we're doing kind of some very simple building design challenges. Ooh. But the point is to getting these students to work together because then you build on the deeper, more intense, you know, um, lessons and you know activities as the school year progresses so we actually the artemis space artemis 2 rocket just launched last saturday uh it's four international astronauts that are going to the space station so i've been playing that for every grade and just getting them hooked into the, the space program it's so exciting to see it you know starting to generate again and then i just you know i've been making collaborative lessons from there and they're they're in it. They're in it. It's a blast. What are some of your favorite activities, lessons, things that you, they get especially really into that you're excited about? So it obviously varies yeah. by grade level. For sure, yeah. Um, the younger grades, we call it the primary grades, you know, K-1, 2. They, like, you take a simple material. We use these things called Kiva planks. They're just wooden planks. They're all the same color, same um, shape. And it seems very boring. But to see their brains start to think in two-dimensional and three-dimensional, you know, like, let's build a rocket. And they're like, what are you talking about, Miss D? This is – I can't build a rocket with that. And to see them work through how they can make the different shapes with a simple, you know, material. So at such a young age, you know, kindergarten one, two, it's awesome. The, up, the intermediate grades, coding. Coding and 3D, really? 3D design. Yeah, we have – cool little robots now so they can learn to connect and travel throughout the room and then 3d design oh amazing these students are i mean i'm just so excited for them so excited for the skills that they're developing it's so funny i think about my own experience like i grew up and i went to sandwich so like pretty close mm -hmm. to here and i think this was still i i, I really caught the tail end of the like you know, when you had those giant carts that took the laptops around to classes, but the laptops were like 20 pounds each, like like large enough so you could kill a man with, course, with yep. these gigantic laptops. <laughs> and then, you know, here we are, flash forward, you know, you know, less than 10 years later. And, you know, we've got these really cool, like, elementary level STEAM programs where people are are building, you know, like you said, they are not only coding, but they're building robots and things like that. It feels like it happened pretty quickly and things move faster and faster. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. How quickly technology has evolved is insane. 
Um, you know, some people might say scary, but I welcome it into the classroom. I think it's about balance. You know, even with my intermediate grades, it's not all coding and technology. We sure. also do some of the hands-on building. Um, they build things out of cardboard, and we figure out a way to connect the technology to it. So as long as there's a balance, um, I think it's great. You know, I also take my students outside with their technology. Yeah. So they're getting that natural, um, you know, effort and that natural connection along with the technology. So we're ready for it. Right. It's so interesting, especially at the elementary level, right? Because like so many parents are obviously super like, you know, hesitant about technology, screen time, all that stuff. And what the people are really excited about is like, oh, find activities where people can work with their hands. But to be able to marry the two at that young of an age is especially outside is especially exciting. Yeah. I mean, making it purposeful is the key. And that's yeah. my message to parents. You know, technology isn't all bad. Absolutely monitor it. Absolutely limit the time. But have a, when it's purposeful, it is so valuable to students. So, and now they see we're actually in, um, in the midst of creating an outdoor classroom, an actual outdoor classroom um, at the elementary school. It's very simplistic to look at, um, but it's true to the word outdoor classroom. They're sitting on logs or they're sitting on the grass. That's literally helping with their balance, sitting on the uneven ground. Building on an uneven ground helps their problem solving because, hey, we're used to this flat table. This is easy to build up. But when it's uneven, how can I help make it level so I can continue to build up? So it's just combining those, those, those things that we can't control, which is a huge life lesson, you know, how to work with things that we can't control. So it's just it's, it's, it's fun to be a part of this journey. Yeah, and outdoor education is one of your biggest passions, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, before I got to Hinkley, I started like a little micro school on my farm in Waterman, um, mostly with homeschool kids. I just, I'm so passionate about flexibility. Everyone learns differently. That's part of why my journey to be a teacher was off the beaten path. Um, Literally, it sounds right, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I never gave up, you know? And I want those students to feel it's okay if you can't learn at a desk or in four walls. Like, let's figure out your best learning environment for you to be successful. Yeah, and that program you had is Education Revival, right? Yep. And it was on the farm. So we're talking, what kind of farm animals are we talking about? So it's just a farm, Matt. I feel kind of bad. You know, we're, we're surrounded by huge farms. Fair, yeah, you know, you know it counts. <laughs> right, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Especially for the city girl. So Yeah, so you went real, how, really quickly from city girl to literally dressing up as corn and having a farm, Matt. I mean, yeah, it happens I, fast. Yeah, I bought into it. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I was like the ultimate city kid. I was riding the L train at 12 years old, my friends, and taking the bus to the mall and now you know i'm out baling hay and harvesting honey so we have bees we have chickens we have horses of course we've got some farm dogs um what i'm really proud of is um, our garden we do a lot of canning so a lot of these like pioneer you know type things that are just important you know like i think my city upbringing really connects with the kids because even though a cornfield, the great, another cornfield, another corn elevator or grain <laughs> elevator, yeah. these kids don't think twice at it. But now, you know, my excitement that I didn't grow up around this, they're like, oh yeah, this is kind of cool. Or this is kind of important to the world, you know, feeding the world in this country. So my renewed interest in rural education is really helping these kids. So yeah, but back on the farm, um, we were 100% outside, rain, snow. It's about building resilience. 
So it was great. And it really helped me at HBR and it's helping the other kids. I offered some camps over the summer. So it was great to mix public school kids, homeschool kids together that there isn't one way of learning that's better. You know, it's just whatever fits for you, roll with it. So you're still able to do camps and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I do yeah. stuff. Yeah, I still do some programming. I'm actually about to do an after-school to- tutoring program at Fargo Skate um, oh, Park. Yeah. yeah, we're going to do an after-school program to reach kids just throughout the county where they could come and get some tutoring from me. They bring in their homework. And then for that same price, they get beginner skate lessons at the park. Includes rental, includes everything. It's going to be awesome. See, now that's some cool city girl stuff. Right. right there. Yeah. Thank you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can take the girl out of the city, but can't take the city out of the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I, I've interviewed a couple people over the years that do outdoor education. I interviewed from some folks in the DeKalb area that did some outdoor education along They were, I think it was like a kindergarten readiness program where they did outdoor stuff. And I think about like myself as a, you know, as a young kid and how exciting that would have been because I grew up doing a lot of hiking and, and rock climbing and stuff like that. And I think about just like, again, what just being in that setting would have done. What is it about putting all that stuff and picking it up and putting it outside on a farm that makes it, you know, really, really special? Because I think that would have been something that would have really, really hooked me. Same, same here. Yeah. So I think it's two things. One, it's movement. You know, kids are kids, and they need to be moving around. Yeah. And it actually, believe it or not, helps their attention span in a lot of ways. So being outside allows for a lot of movement. Also, I think the learning is interdisciplinary, meaning, you know, we're not just keeping, you're only learning history, you're only learning math, you know, like when the bell rings or whatever. We are, um, I did a thing once with the biography of Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, like yeah. the ultimate pioneer woman. And we had a we went on a search on my farm for items after reading a book, you know, what would represent different stages in her life. So she's from so I'm gonna blow this, but it's like Walnut Grove, you know, um, Minnesota, or she lived in there at some point. So we found like a walnut shell. And then there's big snowstorms when she's in North Dakota. So we grabbed some like cotton balls and that represented that. And then we made a timeline out of natural objects, you know, to represent her life. So their kids are really able to connect with learning and get the depth of learning is there when they're the ones figuring out. It's not fill out this worksheet or, you know, everyone's opening the same book. So it's, it's unique to the individual learner. I feel like that outside is. Yeah. And there's so much variance, right? Like you said that you guys do it year round yep. too, that being able to do all that and it's in the snow. It seems especially fun. Yeah, it was a blast. You know, it was a blast. What do we do in the snow? I can't think of it offhand, but it's just, you know, literally the little kids, when you're learning your letters, what's more fun than, you know, making your letters in the snow, you know, spelling your name in the snow. Come on. Get it. Yeah, get your favorite twig. Start right? spelling things out. Yeah, and spelling nothing better. exactly. Exactly. Making a maze, stomping on a maze with your foot. You know, these are they can actually do these critical thinking with it doesn't even cost anything. So it, it's great. I, I think there is a shift in education, realizing the value of being outside. So I would really like to I'd like to be a part of this movement. I'm trying, you know, in my own little way and spreading the word. So I, I really think more schools are going to realize Get the kids outside. Yeah. How can we do calculus on a kayak? Because it's my question. Yeah. <laughs> Let's challenge accepted. Yes. <laughs> and you guys said you're building an outdoor classroom at Hinkley Big Rock, too. Yep. Then. Yep. Absolutely. So, like I said, we 
it's incredible. I couldn't do it without the support of, support of our PTO, mm-hmm. our families. Um, we're actually building tables that kind of like a Murphy bed. They fold up oh. into the wall. So the space is open when you need it. But when you need a table, you could bring it down. You know, I mean, it's so great for, you know, forces of motion or People still think it has to be science when you're outside. You can do any topic, any topic, any subject. It's just getting that vitamin D, getting that fresh air. It actually helps with alertness, like I mentioned before. But also with the younger grades, there's there's studies that being outside a certain amount of hours by a certain age helps with their eye strength, which transfers to tracking in a story, reading left to right, left to right. So it's those, right, it's those indirect benefits that are just so valuable and critical to student learning. It's interesting. You know, this whole conversation about technology and everything, I remember, you know, a couple years ago doing a story about uh, STEAM schools, a school that focused really heavily on it. And it seemed like it was still kind of a, a novel thing, like an interesting idea. Are we at a place now where when you tell people that you are a STEAM teacher, that they more or less know what you're talking about at this point? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so great. And even STEAM, because a lot of people have heard STEM, right. but they're not yeah. sure about STEAM. So even STEAM is steamrolling. Hello. Through. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping that in. Through. Keeping that in. <laughs> um, yeah. Through people's minds. It's out there. And not just, you know, parents employers. When I was in DC and we're meeting with business owners and museum curators and all that, we're like, what are you looking for um, in future employees, future staff? And they're all say, hands down, soft skills, all those soft skills, being able to communicate, being able to work as a team. And they all know that those skills come from STEAM programs. So they're excited to see more and more STEAM programs come up, you know, in schools. Yeah. Well, I don't have too many more questions for you, but one of the things that we always ask people near the end of it is, you know, you've done so many cool things in education so far and seen it from, you know, different perspectives. I'm curious, like, what's something for you just about education or about being a teacher that you wish more people knew about? Something that you just think is more important than people might realize who, you know, aren't working in education, aren't thinking about this stuff all the time. Um, sheesh, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> My main goal now is for the spotlight to be on rural education. Mm. I really would like the benefits of being in a rural education, rural community is incredible. Like I said, the, the ability to connect with students or smaller class size, the flexibility in curriculum, flexibility, teachers are empowered to teach their strengths, which obviously is going to benefit the students. Um, and we still have the technology. You know, we're not teaching in a cornfield as much as I might like that. That's going to say, just you wait. Yeah, exactly. But we still have the technology and our students are coming out with those future ready skills so they can work um, in data, you know, in science, you know, wherever. So I really want to put rural schools on the map. And just like anywhere, you know, teachers are truly the heart of this country, I'm going to say, you know, on a schedule outwardly, those not in education may think we have it good, but we are juggling a lot and it's passion. You know, we're not doing it for the money. We're truly doing it for the love of the game, so to speak. And I have so much respect for teachers. I always have, but now being a teacher, my respect is just utmost and whatever, Light, wherever life takes me, I will always try to keep put teachers with me, give them the most, donate to them the most, 
put them on the highest pedestal because they're just I mean, they're not enough thanks for what teachers do today. And then, you know, let's 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 end off on, again, just something for the school year, some kind of steam project or thing that you're excited about that just like you think is especially awesome that people should know that, you know, the kids at HBR are going to have the chance to do. Ooh, well, after coming back from the Smithsonian Institute, we are definitely going into some aerospace science. So we're going to do some wind tunnel and like hovering projects, hopefully get a drone in here. And, um, you know, the kids learning about drone, it's not, it's for fun, but you know what? It can help with farming. There's spraying done by drone. There's, I mean, it's just incredible. So I'm, I'm excited about the aerospace, but don't tell my students yet. They don't know. I don't know how many of them are right, listening to the podcast. Probably not many. I don't know though. Who, who knows? So you gotta have. It's, I'm gonna have to call you back. You're gonna have to have me down so I can go and, and do the aerospace stuff with you. Guys. I would that love awesome. to have you see our program. Absolutely, Peter. Awesome. All right, Kristen. That was it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Teachers Lounge. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on the show. It's how we get all of our great guests. Please do. Send them our way to teacherslounge at niu.edu. And wherever you're hearing this, please do subscribe, leave us a rating, share, whatever you can do. It's the best way to get even more perspectives on the show. And you can even sign up for the Teacher's Lounge newsletter if you want to keep informed on everything having to do with the show. Find a link to do that on this episode's webpage over at wnij.org. A big hearty thank you to the Northern Illinois band Kind Ups for the amazing music you hear each and every episode. And a big thank you to our own Spencer Tritt for making our Teacher's Lounge logo. I have been your host, Peter Bundlin, and we will be back with a brand new Teacher's Lounge very soon. See ya.